The VOD Squad is brought to you with support from our amazing patrons. Join us live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central on Twitch. Buddy, welcome back to another exciting episode of the VOD Squad, the show where we talk about streaming technology. This is episode 264 on, is it the 8th of December already? Holy crap, mm. guys. Yeah. I am Clyde, as always, and I am joined by Jimmy Trammell. Hey, guys. How's it going? And uh, Michael Aston. Howdy, y'all. Matthew Ross tendered his resignation and uh, will not be joining us. I hope he changes his mind in a couple of weeks. I think he will. Maybe he's just out Christmas shopping. Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, but what is gifts for his family is more important than this? Talk about. I don't see how. <laughs> I don't see how. But you know, we too are a gift. I cannot argue with that. Not all gifts are great. No. <laughs> some gifts are awful <laughs> i guess i would be that gift huh um, uh, so what's going on <sighs> nothing it's a good week nice and relaxing and Taking got some your... watching to do so i got some shows watched it was it's been good uh, december yeah. vacations are great that's right so uh, any, any catching up on anything good or? Oh, I'll talk for... about it in Ransom oh, okay. Raves. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to hear that. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, for me, just, you know, where I've been busy. But over the weekend, I too got to watch something. And I'll too, we'll talk about that in Ransom Raves. I saw right. something over the weekend. I don't know if I'll talk about it in Ransom Raves, but I haven't <laughs> left my house in three days because <laughs> mm -hmm. outside wants to kill me and i won't give it the chance so, <laughs> i i i had to, or i i will say i did venture out my door long enough to grab a package today but even that i had to uh it sat there for hours as i worked up the courage or said you know what i, I might just let it sit there for a couple of days <laughs> it's right. supposed to be it's supposed to be like almost 50 tomorrow i don't know what's going on it was one like it was one degree a couple days ago. I, I I can't live like this. But we should move on to uh what people were actually here to do. Yeah. What what do we got to talk about this week? Well, if it, you're like me with a Roku TV and you watch YouTube on it constantly day and night, tomorrow is going to be the end of your life as you know it, what? or it was going to be. Luckily, Roku and Google have hugged it out and YouTube is no longer going to disappear from Roku. They've uh, come to an agreement that allows uh, Roku to keep the YouTube app on the Roku uh, devices. Additionally, you'll be able to get back because I think they had completely removed YouTube no. TV, right? No, they just took they, was... they just took it for away from the app store. So if you weren't okay. all, if right. you, for whatever reason, deleted it, you wouldn't be able to reinstall it. Okay. 
So it, it, it wasn't gettable anymore, but if you already had it installed, you were Yeah. Good. So, but that's going to be back as well. So that's good. Um, so yeah, they've, they've made, uh, made amends and shaken, yeah. reconciled or whatever. A couple hours ago, I got an email from Google saying, congratulations. It's over. The YouTube uh, TV app is in the app store. And I was like, I, I don't care. I've been, I, I never stopped using it. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. dumb enough to uninstall it from my Roku. <laughs> right. And I mean, honestly, anybody that used YouTube, even if this didn't happen and we hit tomorrow's deadline, you'd still be able to use YouTube. You just wouldn't be able to reinstall it. Because, you know, it's like well, uh, there, there are people that still have the Twitch app installed that's been gone from the store for years, whether or not it works uh, because it hasn't been updated in like four years. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So for existing users, not such a big deal. Somebody that went and bought a new Roku TV or, you know, pending some significant update because they do update the Roku or the YouTube app occasionally. So those, you well, that was them. one thing that people complained about is we got a major update to the Roku a couple weeks ago and it, and we talked about uh, how it affected uh, YouTube TV mm -hmm. because Google wasn't updating or patching their app uh, in preparation for that as they normally would. Um, and people got mad at Roku. It's like <laughs> your your update broke YouTube TV. Is no, it was it was Google's lack of uh, patching. Right. They knew they knew it was coming. They've had months to patch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, it's, so. it's good that they got that ironed out just in time for Christmas. And <laughs> I, if we go back, I want to see what my prediction was. I think my prediction was it will be sorted out by Christmas. Hmm. Yeah. Or in, in time for Christmas. Definitely incentive on both sides to make sure that TV. It, I mean, it was just out. like the HBO thing last year. Yeah. Um, and we, we knew there was no way they were going to let Christmas go by considering that Wonder Woman, terrible Wonder Woman movie was set <laughs> to premiere on Christmas Eve. Uh, they wanted to get as many eyes as they could. So there was no way that it wasn't. And yeah, it, came to the Roku like two days before Christmas, just in time for the release. Once again, as I predicted. Clyde, you know what else is in time for Christmas? Uh, I don't know. What? Fire TV launches new features and experiences, including smart home dashboards and Alexa shortcuts. Sounds like a Merry Christmas for uh, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you, Mike, have you seen this in the new... There's new um, features in Fire TV? I haven't noticed any new features. Um, I haven't used the Fire TV yet today, though, so that might be part of it. They're supposed to be starting to roll out today, so um, I've been using my Roku TV in my office and on the phone all day long. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so they've got a smart home dashboard where you can view and control connected devices throughout your home um you there's a shortcut panel with the remote uh so you can just press the uh assistant button will slide out a shortcut panel 
Um, there's uh, the home theater for Fire TV Omni series out oh, for the actual built into the TVs. Uh, you can wirelessly connect Echo speakers um, for Dolby Atmos audio, or I think like basically <laughs> surround sound, like the Roku's been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got AirPlay 2 and HomeKit uh, support on the uh, built-in TVs, which I don't think any of us have. Right. And also Zoom video communication for the uh, new Fire TV Omni TVs. So, yeah. yeah. There's like two things that you might be able to use. Yeah, it looks interesting. Um, I think that the, the thing that kind of stands out the most to me is the smart home dashboard. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of smart home devices, got a lot of them all connected to my Amazon Echo device. So I think, you know, I'll definitely have to look at that and see how that dashboard looks and how it works. Are you, you going to uh, move all your echo speakers into the living room so that you can do surround sound? Well, I have a lot. So um, there are a couple that literally don't ever get used because I think I have like two that aren't even plugged in. Um, okay. Well, that so, gives you, there's two. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's the thing about that. Um, it's not something that would happen with Roku because Roku doesn't have a voice activated assistant. Right. So if you have all of those echoes in the same room and you shout out the, the word, <laughs> will they all respond? So, yeah, I mean, that's actually an issue because our kit, for example, our kitchen and our living room one uh-huh. are super close. Um, and so sometimes I'll say a command that's specific to the TV, like um, switch to YouTube and, yeah. you know, something. And so if the kitchen picks it up as me being closer to the kitchen, because it kind of tries to decide which one should be answering. Um, I, I think it's probably based on proximity or something, because when I'm in the kitchen, it always gets picked up in the kitchen um, because there's a bit of a wall there. But if I'm in the dining room or in the living room off to the side or something, it can go to the wrong one. And then if the kitchen decides to do it, it can't do things on the TV like that. So it, cause it, for whatever reason, they can't send commands just to other devices, which would be the logical thing. It's like, mm-hmm. if I say switch TV channels in the kitchen, it should just say, well, obviously you mean on the TV device, let me tell the cube to change the TV channel. It's mm-hmm. not that smart yet. Um, it does get better and better as time goes. Um, I, I was just, so con- I was it, mainly concerned about an echo of responses. It, it will, it does. Yeah. You definitely <laughs> will hear more than one response. So if, th- if this is supposedly happens. supports Atmos, which Atmos, if you're familiar, uh, is a seven speaker setup. So if you're counting the two speakers in the TV, that would be an additional five speakers mm-hmm. in, or I guess uh, you're not going to use one as a sub. So an additional four speakers um, yeah. uh, shouting back at you all at the same time when you, because if you're standing in the middle of the room, equidistant from all of them, how is it going to figure out which one you're closest to? Yeah, I, I wonder, I like I haven't set up 
like the echo studio or anything like that so yeah. i don't know for sure but my thought would be that when you set them up as satellite speakers in the same room it might just automatically mm -hmm. assume that they don't receive voice commands at all and just kind of turn that functionality okay. off that's that would be fun. my expectation yeah I, i'm imagining a uh audio nightmare <laughs> a chorus uh, that, would ri that would rival that video i posted in the bar uh the other day where someone yeah. transposed uh michael jackson's smooth criminal to only be in the in all the notes to be c um, <laughs> oh geez <laughs> it's I, I literally nightmare fuel uh go check it out uh, on the discord when you get a chance but uh that that's kind of what i was expecting yeah a cacophony of uh confused echoes uh <laughs> all right well yeah you're gonna have to report back to us on this since none of us have echoes yep. all right well well you know it, moving on from echoes to android in general nvidia shield tv's android 11 upgrade looks to be imminent and the big bonus it keeps 2015 models alive so they are uh have announced the upgrade coming out and that it will be supported by um really mm -hmm. most of the models that are on the market right now see this is a christmas present to matt because a couple weeks back we reported that the nvidia shield was not going to go to 10. Right. they were waiting and they were going to go directly to 11 but the first generation uh units were going to be left behind yeah and so so now uh it sounds like you 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 got lucky got lucky matt your uh your uh shield has another at least year another left another it. year or so to to make it alive but i will say that is actually amazing because these came out in 2015 these are literally mm -hmm. six-year-old devices yeah it was perfectly natural you know nobody questioned why when they said they weren't going to update it um, cause you know, you gotta yeah. leave stuff behind eventually, but yeah. Yeah. When you look at the cost of this, you know, I mean, the shield TVs aren't that expensive. Eh, they were almost of... an Apple TV, especially when they first came out. Right. But they're not like a five or $600 console. Uh, no, they were in the two to $300 range. Yeah. So, you know, it's expensive, but it's mm -hmm. not expensive enough that you expect this is going to last me forever. No. Um, some devices you buy with the anticipation of getting five, 10 plus years out of it. Well, in this case, you get six years and then some. So that's, mm -hmm. I think, really good. Yeah, I'm glad to see them, you know, going longer and supporting it, right? Yeah. Uh, um, there's more and more manufacturers starting to do that now. Well, yeah. actually, now that I think about it, my first Roku Ultra, I would have gotten that about this time in 2016. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that thing's still getting updates and I'm still using it on a daily basis. That's yeah. the one that's in my bedroom. That's my, uh, the one that I beta test on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was launched with Android 5.0. And as a result, it stands as one of the best supported Android devices of all times, having gotten um, 
when 11 comes out, six full version upgrades um, to the software on the thing. So. so, you know, everybody's familiar with dog years that dogs uh, <laughs> age like what, seven years for every human year? I think it's something it like seven? that. Something yeah, it's like seven. seven. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we're going to need to start figuring out Android years and iOS <laughs> years um, because how how old is a five-year-old phone? Is that like middle-aged or is it an elderly? <laughs> I'd say like 70. It's like 10 years for every year. Well, that would yeah. still only make it 50. But I mean, I'm almost 50 and I feel like I want to just... <laughs> uh yeah i would jack of um i would say it seems like for phones i think it's even more exaggerated but for just like console or desktop uh like tv top devices i think you get a little bit better longevity out of it than the phone um but you know like i said six years is is pretty solid i don't think i've got like I have a TV that I've had for more than six years. Everything else is not that old. And I guess it really depends on the device because I didn't use my Mi Box uh, for more than a year after I got it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Went back in the box. Um, but eh. what's next? All right. So Windows 11. So Windows 11, when it was uh, released, uh, one of the things that came with it, it made it harder to... Uh, choose a default browser or switch a default browser. Yeah, that's been a thing they've been and, pushing forever. Yeah, so um, so now it looks like uh, they're going to reverse that change now and make it easier to where you can set a uh, default browser in Windows 11. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised they're not going to go the route that my uh, my company has gone, that they've set it in, in your... Uh, uh, in the profile settings that every time your computer boots, it defaults the browser to edge, which absolutely drives me crazy. Cause every single day, every time I click on a link, it opens edge and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why, why they did. Are they that desperate to force people to use their browser? I mean, yeah, what, I mean what's the benefit? Other than, I guess, ad revenue and data that they can sell from yeah, what the they data collect in would, the browser. would be what it is, yeah. right? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think... They're, they're I think Microsoft, that, do they really need that? The things that probably... The data, obviously, is huge. The, the stickiness that a browser gets and the ability it gives them to kind of reach into other things, right? So if you're using their browser, that dramatically increases the probability that you'll be doing something like visiting Bing, um, going to their default homepage, um, especially if it sets default as your default browser, right? That's probably the average user that doesn't go in and change their default homepage settings, the default mm -hmm. new tab configuration and stuff. So it just gives them the ability to get more more out there for you, more in front of your face, and probably more ad clicks and and data. So more data and more sales to you to, throughout. I think, I, I think it was the corporate world that probably pushed this. Would be my guess. Yeah, 
probably yeah, that, that'd be my guess right yeah i mean yeah because i mean i yeah i run multiple browsers on my machine anyway right i mean you know it mm-hmm. for my google accounts it makes sense to use chrome right why, why would i use anything else right you know and um uh, so it really you know it's because i do use multiple browsers depending on what i'm doing right um it's not so important to me which one of those is the default browser i mean i could you know chrome could be my default browser it's not but but it could be and i'd be okay with that right i i have chrome installed at this point mainly because stadia won't run in any other browser (laughs) well that's another good reason (laughs) yeah you gotta have chrome chrome's got the best developer tools out there as well um though to be fair i haven't really tried um firefox or yeah, I, I've, been using, I've been using I've been using Firefox for, for so long that it's just yeah. kind of my go to. They definitely had the dominant developer tools for a long time, but Chrome took that over quite a while. Ago. See, and the thing is, I I don't develop, so that means nothing to me. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, there's there's some good information they get there and ad revenue. I think really that's all they're looking for is just that extra data and stickiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as Elite Wolf points out, Edge is built on Chrome, uh, Chromium Engine. So uh, he said. Uh, so, could, could should we refer to Edge as Chrome plated? <laughs> yeah. Not really Chrome, but it kind of. Yeah. Of... It would be more like um, like a, a a dull shiny exterior on a Chrome solid interior. <laughs> It's like when you get one of those plastic pieces, like you get a car and it's got chrome mirrors, but you find out they're just plastic <laughs> with chrome on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, the Edge browser is a solid browser now. Um, I think a lot of us still just use what we're using out of out of habit rather than specifically. I, I like where Firefox better. has. I like the way everything's laid out in Firefox. Every time I have to use Chrome, it just drives me crazy because nothing's where I want it, <laughs> uh, in, including the navigation buttons up at the top. I always I mouse to the wrong side of the screen and it drives me crazy. Well, talking about things not being where you want, uh-huh. uh, Apple has um, introduced or is introducing a new episode of their uh amazing time to walk fitness plus uh show uh honestly that that doesn't really mean a lot to me at least not before read this uh thing jimmy have you ever heard of time to walk have you seen these i've I've used this before okay um so they've got prince william doing an episode of this and i i'll be honest i'd never heard of it before but reading about it actually sounds pretty interesting so wait I quick question. What is a Prince William? Is that like a rapper? He is the future <laughs> king of England. Yeah, no, like an actual prince, the actual English prince. Uh, um, yeah, my first thought was like, seriously, what the heck? Who cares? Um, and I and I kind of agree still that like obviously I'm not a uh a British dude that's super into the royalty or anything like that. I don't really care 
However, I will say there's a couple of things about this that did stand out to me. Um, he's uh, going to be making a holiday themed appearance on the show and talking about, you know, things like men staying mentally fit and um, empowering uh, others and, and yourself. And um, so obviously, you know, for some people that might be useful. I think the thing that kind of stood out to me is that they're making donations uh, for this as opposed to, you know, him getting a big payday, um, which, you know, as a royal, don't really need that future king of England. Dude, they, they have no money. They are broke. <laughs> then you don't really have to have money if you just like basically own everything in in the country. They kind uh, of don't. <laughs> I mean, it's it's complicated. They're allowed right? because, to exist out of tradition. Yeah, it's complicated uh, someday they're just going to be like, you know what? We the rest of the world uh, figured this out a long time ago. Apparently, we don't need a king or queen, and you guys aren't doing anything because you're not actually participating in parliament. Um, so yeah, uh, turn in the keys. Uh, you guys are, yeah. and they won't I mean, know what to do. They're, they're still super rich. So that helps them. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, anyways, some donations and stuff. That's cool. And then, um, See, he know. knows he knows their the royal family's days are numbered, which is why he's doing a thing for Apple TV Plus. <laughs> it's basically his second job. <laughs> Perhaps. Jimmy, so tell me what are your thoughts? You you've used the app. Mm -hmm. Is it does this interest you? Will you watch this episode or yeah, you listen to it, right? It's like a mini audio book is what it is, right? Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you do it, you know, you use the, the watch to track your, your, you know, your walk, you know, and everything. And as you're walking, you, you listen to the person tell the story, right? Okay. So, so they've um, had a lot of famous people. Is there like an episode that you watched or listened to, I guess, that, that stood out to you? Yeah, yeah I, I listened to Dolly Parton. Okay. Episode. It was it is interesting to hear her, you know, talk about you know her background and all and how she grew up and all. Yeah. So I just thought of something. It was an absolute scandal when Meghan Markle wanted to appear in an episode of a TV show. How is it okay for him to do that? Um, well, you know, he's an actual royal, not not married into it. She's us. an so actual actress. Of so that's like her. That's that's like, you know, well, the the plumber they, they, that mar married into the family being mad that he wants to fix the sink, but <laughs> you know, well, well, that was part of her marrying into the family, right? She had to give that up, right? So, um, they, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, yeah. trying trying to uh, explain the decisions and whims of the royal English family is probably a a futile effort, especially for us us from over the pond or across the yeah. pond yeah us over here us colonies over here right man yeah. we just don't we don't understand right don't all, get it. All, all the infidels <laughs> yeah all right um, all right so sony you ever heard of yeah. this company yes so sony reportedly plans to launch its answer to the xbox game pass this spring don't um, 
don't they already have that? It's called PlayStation, like All Access or something like that. So, uh, so the the company plans on merging uh, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation yeah. Now. <laughs> so is it going to be plus now <laughs> well playstation uh playstation plus that was the tv streaming service that was super confusing because you didn't have to watch it on your playstation and that shut down like two years ago yeah it did yeah but uh, i'm just i just find it funny that they had two different services right <laughs> one was plus one was now yeah right? and uh so if they're going to combine those together what are they going to call it uh playstation again <laughs> oh it's it's gonna be uh max playstation max uh, because that that's be that's it. why hbo did it because they couldn't do the plus and they couldn't do the now because everybody else they had already done it so yeah it's gonna be playstation max max plus now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, it make it makes sense. You, they need to consolidate. Yeah. Well, I mean, they. Yeah. I never quite understood why they took the the TV service offline. Right. Uh, I think they should bring that back. Well, they tried to sell it. And nobody wanted it. <laughs> so that's yeah, why they, that's why they took it offline is because they couldn't upload it and they weren't making enough money. Yeah. It was probably costing way too much to operate, which is also why nobody wanted to buy it. Well, I mean, they do have a lot of content. Right? They could put their content out there, plus maybe have some streaming or on-demand in there with it, um, plus the gaming, right? So... Um, I know. think they're in the position where all of their stuff is already licensed to other people. Kind of like when Peacock launched and 90% of the stuff that would draw people to Peacock, they couldn't use because it was already licensed to everybody else. Well, maybe they'll make some original content the same as Peacock. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what everybody else does too, right? Yep. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it does. All right. Good luck, Sony. <laughs> One of these days, you'll make a name for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, Sony, there's another um, company out there who hasn't already failed at building uh, gaming systems. And this one hasn't failed yet. They are working hard to do that before the product even comes out, though. The Steam Deck, which we've all heard about and talked about, it's... Uh, going to be a super expensive at least as far as portable devices game goes. Gear. um yeah game boy very expensive game boy um it's going to be a very expensive again for a mobile uh, gaming device that's going to have a total of wow about six games that you can play on it at launch um the whole idea behind the steam deck is that you'd be able to play all of your steam library games uh on the device so far only six games have managed to get in line with that though um just a little bit concerning apparently the big barrier has to do with their anti-cheat software that is a requirement um 
and uh, they've claimed that it's far enough along that really all they have to do is request to have it turned on. But again, this announcement on Friday only added four new games. So we will see. They may be able to um, kill their device before it even hits the market. Well, I mean, considering this is basically the, the new evolution of their failed uh, Steam OS platform uh, that yeah. they bailed on, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they bail on this too. Um, but I mean, in theory, they should be pretty far along the path of developing and building these devices. It's supposed to be released, launched in early 2022. For a hardware device, that should mean that they've begun production um, on components and ordering. So that would be an expensive failure at this point. But this is well, a big they were, deal. They were kind of in the same boat with SteamOS when they pulled the plug. Yeah. Um, and they had they had partnerships with uh, companies that were gonna were making dedicated machines to run it. Yeah. And they all got <laughs> they all got the shaft, um, right? Because they had to scramble to try and repurpose those devices. Luckily, <laughs> they were just PCs um, right. in that situation. But yeah, we'll um, see. Yeah, I'm. The format doesn't intrigue me. I mean, uh, but it's it's very much like a switch, right? It's yeah. a, a portable well, device with a nice screen. And it has a dock that you can, or at least you can add a dock it. To reminds it reminds me, when, when I look at it, I think of if a Sega Game Gear and the Atari Lynx had a baby. Yeah. And um, that baby had a big fat screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't particularly love the look of it, but it does seem... It looks heavy. Yeah. It looks very hefty and... You know, it, it's not as svelte as the Switch. It, the Switch just has a nicer, well, more compact and uh, comfortable look to it. You well, know, if, be... if someone was going to CES, maybe they'd get a chance to check it out. Yeah, um, I'm sure somebody will be able to tell us about that. <laughs> just none of us, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, not that you. All right. All right. <sighs> You know what else is just in time for Christmas? Toshiba's uh, flags uh, flagship Fire TV set, and it has hands-free Alexa. Well, I thought all Alexa was hands-free. Yeah, this, I was this say, one, when this, did this they have has, an Alexa with hands? In case you don't have one that's hands-free, this one comes with a hands-free version of Alexa. Hey uh, Alexa, I think show that me if your they hands. had a if they had a a, a non-hands-free, then that might be more popular. <laughs> oh no i just rem oh no i just yeah, go on and I'll, I'll bring this up here in a second i was just gonna say it's gonna come in three sizes a 55 inch 800 bucks for the uh, 55 inch a 65 inch for one thousand dollars and the 75 inch for twelve hundred dollars yeah it's pretty pretty reasonably priced um I don't know. I haven't seen Toshiba's TVs in a long time. Uh, so I don't know what their image quality, what, how they kind of stand. You have any thoughts on that, Clyde? Um, oh, uh, Toshiba make, has always made a good TV. They're kind of a brand that people forget about. They've yeah. never been budget 
they but they've never been really top tier either they've just kind of been a good reliable brand um i deployed a lot of their 50 inches uh, about uh 10 years ago yeah because they were because they were a good good budget or affordable price i was gonna say i've seen them again not recently but you know five ten years back i saw them in a lot of places like in schools in um offices and things like that where they got deployed in mass in semi-conversion commercial settings right um so it seemed like that was kind of the market that they were going for at least back then yeah yeah, I mean they're a good mid-tier TV. You know, yeah, Clyde's right about. I that. would they- say, I would say, if you have to choose between the Amazon branded, uh, or uh, whatever that TV is, or the Toshiba, I would definitely go with the Toshiba, because mm-hmm. that one, uh, that one that is Amazon branded is clearly the same uh, TCL model as all the other smart TVs. They just put the Amazon name on it. Because like when you see them side by side, they have the same stand. They have the same little nub at the bottom where it normally says TCO. But uh, uh, terrible, yeah. head, terrible handling, hands-free Alexa. So I mean, uh, speaking of hand, Alexa with hands, um, I just put a, a story in the dot or in the chat. We'll watch this video later. I know what Alexa with hands would look like. Uh, There's this humanoid robot that makes eerily lifelike facial expressions. And it is so creepy. It is so creepy. Uh, We'll we'll watch it. We'll watch it in the post show. Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll just hard cut to a new story Mm because I can't transition that. Um, Nothing particularly creepy about Google TV making it easier to watch free live streaming channels. So um, that's talking about things like Pluto TV and other ad supported channels and services that are going to be now more heavily integrated into your Google TV interface, including show and TV recommendations from them in the like for you tab uh, of your Google TV. So. That's, that's interesting because if you are one that's trying to um, watch and not have to pay for all of your services, Google TV is making it easier for you to do that. Yeah, I mean, this is something that they've been dedicated to since uh, the beginning. And uh, last week, uh, I included a list of all the currently supported, uh, all the currently supported apps for the integration um so go if if you're curious go back to last week's episode uh that that link is in the show notes but uh the i i don't know you neither of you have used the android tv right or the google no. the google tv interface i haven't no so this this is one of the things that I loved about the original Google TV and that carried over into Android TV, but then went or it carried over into uh, yeah uh, the later versions of Android your Google TV, but then it got completely cut out when they removed the tuner. 
but was the channel guide that was fully integrated. So you can just flip through if you like that right. and you click on a thing and then it just takes you directly into it. And it knows, you know, you can, you can set it to if you, whatever, uh, whoever your live provider is, uh, it, as long as it's one of the ones that's agreed to be integrated. Right. Um, and then, or whether it's streaming or Pluto TV or channel or, you know, whatever, um, takes a lot of the hunting and searching out of it, out of the equation. So, yeah, good for them. Looks good. Help, help us all save a little bit of money. Mm. Hey, you know, what else is in, in time for Christmas? <laughs> what? Facebook gaming streamers and viewers can play Pac-Man together. Well, that a thing we want to do well i mean hey if you're i mean usually these gaming streamers they usually have like an audience right so it's only one viewer that they're going to be able to play with play pac-man with isn't it i mean Uh, i think they have versions they have multiplayer versions of pac-man now that's where everybody in the whole yeah, group can so. take a turn is what well i do. think you're all playing at the same time is, is that what you do i i know there is a version that's like that hmm. uh, because it's got different rooms and you can go because they've got like a multiplayer online version of pac-man um uh, i guess maybe this plays into their what do they call it thing the thing oh the oculus so imagine if it's playing vr pac-man where you're the one that's running around with the ghost chasing you i i I could be into that but Uh, maybe that i think that's what this might be yeah but i mean we already established that facebook gaming is for grandmas so i mean look at the game pokemon yeah or not uh pac-man well that that was a yeah the pokemon thing was uh was a a example of on Twitch, <laughs> viewers can control Pokemon and other games by entering commands in the chat. Um, yeah, That's interesting. That I think the the next step for the kind of content creators like Twitch and stuff is to have a little bit more interactivity with their customers and with the viewers. So. This seems like, you know, I mean, this is this is kind of a, a, a more of a media stunt, I think, but it, it kind of gives us an idea of um, where maybe a few years from now things will be. So this does specify that this is Pac-Man Community, which is a version of Pac-Man uh, meant for your community to participate. So it's basically a, a marbles, ver- like if you're familiar with marbles or one of those games on Twitch. It's like that, but Pac-Man. But I, I have the burning question, pun intended, in this somewhat post-pandemic uh, world, are we ready to reintroduce Pac-Man fever? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I feel like in this post-pandemic or pandemic-centric thing, the idea of running around popping pills everywhere you go is is been popular and just getting more popular. So yeah, Pac-Man's the thing. Let's go go chomp all the pills that we can find. Okay. Now we just get to do it as a group. Isn't isn't that what we learned from Pac-Man? I, I thought it was 
you take steroids and then you go beat up all the the bullies (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so talking about bullies youtube says that most disputed copyright claims are resolved in the uploader's favor and they have published their first biannual copyright transparency report and it gives some pretty interesting information about copyright claims um the the first thing that kind of stands out is that over 99 percent of all copyright claims come from content id um Mm-hmm. And almost none of those are disputed. So that's that's actually a good thing because that indicates that um, that YouTube, when they flag it themselves, usually seems to be right. Uh, or it's just not worth fighting. Or it's ninety percent of the time, even though it's fair use, it's just totally not worth it to fight yeah. it, which is why people don't. Um, but despite that the the actual manual copyright claims sits around three almost a little under four million copyright claims and of those four million a little uh, like right around 60 percent are um resolved in the favor of the uploader so this can be either companies or individuals taking advantage of the copyright thing to try to just leech revenue. Cause that's, you know, that's a thing that uh, happens occasionally is you'll get somebody tries to leech revenue off of your um, services. Yeah. So and like that. Uh, what I will say is nobody has ever disputed that it gets resolved in the, uh, in the, favor of the whoever um the uploader the uploader thank you i couldn't i couldn't get that word out that has never been the issue the actual issue which is what they're skirting around is the the damage and impact that there is to the uploader because of the fact that they lose most of the time this is time sensitive material that if it takes a week to battle now that video is irrelevant yeah and also the it the the fact that in order the process is so broken all the hoops you have to jump through before you can even talk to a person is what's broken it's not mm-hmm. the fact that it's not being resolved nobody nobody out there is saying hey these aren't being resolved yeah, everybody's complaining about the process to get it, and ninety percent of the time, it never should have even been an issue. Yeah, and I mean, I think certainly some of that is I, I've heard a lot of those statements before, and you know, thanks for for pointing that out because that's yeah. certainly true. Um, uh, you know, I, when I you, just when I, you're I, doing I, like a a commentary or a news review of something that that's out there in, in a fair use context and, mm-hmm. and they try to get you copyright striked and um, have it pulled down or try to leach your revenue off of it or something um, that, that does, that is pretty damaging because like you said, especially when it's like content related to news and current events, yeah, it's time sensitive. 
it's it is time sensitive and it's no longer meaningful after a week or two which is you know in some cases that's exactly the goal is at the very least just keep it out of people's eyes until people don't want to see it anymore mm-hmm. um so yeah that's a big deal i think th- what i would take away is that um they do get they do seem to be getting resolved in in the uploader's favor which means maybe we can see some improvement in the process and most importantly is that youtube is starting to provide this information and provide these reports which again may indicate that they are trying to get to a system that is more effective and less yeah potentially I, damaging to i you. would argue to that, that high percentage of uh findings in the uploader's favor shows just how broken their system is which is why they're trying to uh change the change the story Mm -hmm. um because if they were all if that many were found in favor of the uploader they never should have it happened in the first place it it, it's a complex thing though right like uh, you gotta you gotta understand kind of from Mm -hmm. their perspective there's no easy solution for YouTube, right? If somebody says there's a copyright violation and YouTube's responsibility is to to remove that, then it's not like they can just immediately say, well, no, we're not going to do that because we don't know, but they can change it. They, they can change the, the process right now. It's if I say that I can pick any video out there I can say, hey, I own the content that's in that video. It's immediately taken down. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the problem. I, I don't it agree with you stay on that. Up. So, uh, I, I, I totally disagree with you on that. And here's the reason I say that is if I have a legitimate copyright claim, it absolutely should be immediately removed. Yeah. Uh, no yeah, other yeah. questions asked. If I don't, but here's here's but what that's I what I'm think. saying. There needs to be time. They that if that that needs to be verified before. That's uh, all I'm saying. No, if I, you can if you can prove it right off the bat, then sure. But well, most I, of the time, I, it these aren't. See, I, I don't agree. Um, and and I I understand where you're coming from, but if you look at it from YouTube's perspective. What's the time investment they would have to put in to vet and verify every single claim that could be that, that gets placed? That would be a, a significant burden on YouTube. And again, if I own the copyright on that, I shouldn't have to do a whole lot and put a lot of time and energy into keeping my copyrighted material protected. Um, what I would say is I feel like there should be a penalty if you file an invalid copyright claim that would incite people to be more reserved of when they do that Mm -hmm. but the thing is most of these that are being submitted are by companies that you'd never get a dime out of them because they're ghost companies that are set up specifically to steal revenue right um you know and I thought YouTube had a big analytical engine that does all this automatically anyway. Well, that's what the content ID is. And it does 
over 99% of all strikes and I, I are can done by that. I can speak from experience that engine is terrible. Uh, it flags stuff that is free uh, with license. Right. And there's nothing you can do. Um, it's like I've got a video software that came was included with bundled music with paper licenses saying that with my name saying I have the right to use this. And every single one of those videos got taken down. Mo uh, they got multiple uh, infractions because there were multiple songs on each of those videos. And I tried to contest it and they said, pound sand, yeah. just because you have a license to use it, we don't care. And I never got to a person because like I said, people don't contest those because it's not worth the time and the effort. I took the video down. I re-edited it with new music and had to upload it. And it was a lot of work and a right. huge pain in the tuchus. Yep. Definitely the clear, clear takeaway here is there's maybe they're making an effort to get better at it, but it's got a long ways to go. All right. So Coming to us from Engadget, uh, ESPN Plus will offer 4,300 hours of the PGA Tour live golf streaming. And that's it's only one tournament. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, they got to fill that time with something, right? Because they, they certainly don't have football. Well, you get to watch every, you get to watch everybody play the entire course. Yeah. Well, I was going to say. Like all six days. That honestly does seem like one tournament. If you had a, a stream for each player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be well, a they, boatload of. They, they, they don't, right? Uh, but, yeah. um, uh, but one thing I'll say, right? I mean, if you, you, one thing to consider if you're considering this, right? Um, all the major tournaments, you know, uh, there's four majors throughout the year and each one of those major tournaments has free streaming anyway each one of them has an app download the app and you can watch the uh, uh, tournament for free you may not be able to get the actual broadcast stream um, included in with that unless you have a, a provider right but um, but you'll you'll be able to watch you know uh, they'll have like a marquee uh, group that they're following, or, or maybe they'll have like a stationary group of holes uh, that, that they watch, you know, where everybody comes through there. And then, um, and then, uh, and that's what you get. It may be not the main broadcast. I, I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, so you said a stationary group of holes. Do holes typically move around? <laughs> Well, the camera is stationed there <laughs> at, a, at a group of holes, but yeah, yeah not, no, they don't normally move around. <laughs> well, they do. Um, at least I these, these kind of holes. I thought holes not, were stationary by design. Not not during a single <laughs> tournament, but golf courses do move the hole. No, no, I, I got that. Um, that said, yeah, so, and, and to Jimmy's point, this is across 35 different tournaments for that 4,300 hours. It's right, not hours. right one one tournament but okay. i mean it would be kind of funny just because everybody would feel like this is this is what golf has come to is you can watch each individual player which some people might like i think that that would be about 
um, well, however many players uh, there are, more hours of golf than we needed. How about yeah. v, the VR, uh, PGA, the VG, uh, VR experience? You get to be the caddy. Yeah. Sit on the caddy's, like a VR camera on the caddy's head. Yeah. <laughs> on every caddy. Yeah. yeah. LPGA, I, mean, I might be interested. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're, you know, cutting the cord, right, and you're looking for an alternative for the golf channel, you know, this, this might work out pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, talking about um, everybody having streaming for every single person, Discord is trying to make it easier to have money-making Discord servers. Uh, Being able to put a server behind a paywall for your users. Um, Interesting new feature that would allow premium memberships uh, for a small group of users to your Discord server. And that um, would allow users to come in, be able to converse and be involved in a community and pay up the amount that is appropriate for the services they get. Maybe you have one where you you sit in there all day, every day and, and chat up everybody and they have to pay you 25 bucks a month for that. See, they've already got this. What? It's called Patreon. Oh, the the yeah, thing is, they're not getting the money. <laughs> they so I mean, every Discord server as that's linked to Patreon, you have the ability to create roles based on your Patreon tier, and then you can you know using those roles, you can restrict who can and- see what channels. Um, I mean, we have. Our, our Discord, I'm pretty sure we've got at least one patron. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, the if you go down, uh, there's the patron party, which you guys may not even see if you're not patrons. Um, so that said, I, I mean, I knew that a lot of the Patreon subscriptions yeah. I have include, um, include access to the Discord servers. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of that. I wasn't aware that it there was an integration. So is there an oh, yeah. API integration yep. that allows that, that does that automatically? They don't have to go yep. in and- you, So you can, you cool. set up um, the, you, you can't, and it depends how granular you want to get. Uh, some, mo- a lot of people just limit access to the D, uh, you, the server to patrons only. But if you want like our server, if you want people to be able to get in and, uh, look around and talk without, uh, you know, but also allow extra perks. You can, yeah, you just set up a user role based on the Patreon uh, level. And you can, you know, whatever your roles are set up, you can set up those channels restricted to only those roles. Uh, that being said, obviously, Discord isn't getting any of that money right which is why now they're like hey (laughs) we've got this new thing that's always been there but it's new because now you're paying us (laughs) um yeah i think i mean i i think it's great that they had the the tight integration that they had previously and i think it's totally understandable that they want to try to capture a little bit of that money where possible 
And if it's a convenient and well-structured system, then maybe it'll make them some money. Mm -hmm. Give Discord all the monies. Yeah. All right. So um, BMW. BMW will help recreate Rocket League in real life for charity. So apparently I'm not familiar with Rocket League, but- uh, That's Rocket the one where League. you play soccer with a car. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and, that, and that's what this is. This is uh, along the uh, eSports brand and all. So, so yeah, it's going to be you, coming pretty soon. I think December 12th. Yeah. Do you know how they came up with this idea? Do not. I know somebody was watching an episode of Top Gear from like three, four years ago when they already did this. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was it like, I want to say the last season of Top Gear before they got fired and quit and went to Amazon for a grand tour. Um, yeah, they oh. Top Gear already did this. But right. so did they say how many are they just going to do like a one-time event or is this like going to be a season? Um, yeah, I don't see it. It didn't really specify, does it? Nope. I guess they're just going to do it at least this one time, see how it goes, and then they'll go from there. Yeah. It says yeah. inaugural competition will have six three-player teams compete in Munich. It's the um, inaugural and maybe last competition if it doesn't make them any money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Um, the, the whole reason Rocket League is popular is because you, as a normal person, mm -hmm. get to control the car. Nobody says "Ooh, i want to watch some rocket league everybody says i want to play some rocket league so okay all right well um snapchat is hoping lens creators can make augmented reality useful uh so obviously i mean we've talked a lot about uh, virtual and augmented reality virtual reality being the thing that i want which is kind of an immersive get you away from the real world into someplace that's much cooler and more interesting and enjoyable than the real world. And then there's augmented reality, which is what Jimmy wants, which is the ability to um, inside or apparently inside the real world uh, present additional pieces of information or things to interact with or different ways of interacting with the real world around you. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately the current recognition is that augmented reality seems really cool, but it's not very useful in any of the current uh, systems that are on the market or have been released recently, um, like the Microsoft HoloLens and, and stuff. Um, but now Snapchat is, is trying to get, they have this large community of developers and creators that generate lenses, which are little like mini apps inside of Snapchat. And um, that uh, they're hoping that these individuals will create useful features and mini apps that will enhance reality through their augmented reality system. Yeah, I, I think you buried the lead though. Oh? Snapchat is still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, apparently. Did, didn't I, they get swallowed up by the Facebook and when they got the Instagrams and everything else? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I mean, basically what they're going to do is they're going to create games 
that you can play while you're driving. Yeah. That that's where the future of augmented reality is. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and speaking of that, <laughs> did you know that Tesla and their in dash video gaming can be played uh, even while driving? Nice. Uh, which is highly illegal in pretty much and, every state. And and despite the fact that more than 3,100 people died in car crashes involving distracted driving in the U.S. in 2019. Not to which, mention uh, the fact that the Tesla uh, auto drive has a penchant for seeking out and smashing into emergency vehicles at high speed. <laughs> Yes, that is a problem. Like, hmm. I think like a hundred people have died because of that. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you know, I think it's cool that it's got, you know, a tablet that you could play a game right there in the car. That's, that's cool. See, right? when they, when they yeah. announced this, the first thing I said is drivers are going to watch movies and play games. Yeah. And uh, the, I, I think when I read, uh, I was, looking through what let me see if i can find it again um tesla made a statement oh uh, there is a uh when you when you start solitaire mm -hmm. it uh there is a thing that pops up on the screen disclaimer that says solitaire is a game for everyone but playing while the car is in motion is only for passengers <laughs> which clearly states yeah we know you're gonna play <laughs> but at least we put this up there to cover our butts. Um, I mean, Android Auto uh, specifically prevents me from doing stupid stuff um, that, you know, I can't scroll too far because, you know, you need to pay attention. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I see people all the time, you know, on their smartphones while they're driving. Right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's illegal. I mean, especially yeah. like uh, Tesla is based in California and all, most of their test fleet is in California mm -hmm. where it is, you're not even allowed to touch your phone while you're driving. It's huge tickets if you've got content playing with it, the drive within view of the driver. So, um, yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah, it's um, interesting. Uh, we shall see how this works out. I, I mean, this ultimately is the thing that I'm looking for in automated driving is the ability to start the car, drive and do whatever I want. Yeah. But uh, we're like but 20 we're not years away there. from that. We're not <laughs> quite there yet. Um, yeah, well, I, they well, first step, they need to develop an AI that doesn't seek out and destroy emergency vehicles. <laughs> Oh, it's it. According to the Googles, it's only been about. Oh, of those. it's oh, sorry. It's been one death and 17 industry or injuries. Yeah. So uh, not, following not a quite. number of following a number of crashes with parked first responder vehicles. So <laughs> and that means there have been enough that they don't want to put a number on it because it'll be scary. Uh, well, what about Apple Music and Siri? Uh, you got any thoughts on that, uh, Jimmy? Um, I do. Care to share them with us? So <laughs> Apple, so 
what sorry i didn't read the article <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, moving on um <laughs> so they wanted to recently announce a voice plan where we'll launch it uh on ios 15.2 according to the patch notes so did we ever talk about this Siri only plan? I don't remember what it. Oh is. yes, that's it. This the yeah. So so yeah. So this is the uh, now I get it. Yeah, I remember about this. And so what this is, this is the cheaper version of it. I think it's five bucks a month. But it only it, plays on Siri, right? Well, you only it only plays by using voice commands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why they call it the voice uh, plan, right? So you have mm -hmm. to say, "Hey, lady, um, play whatever song," and then and then you you get you know whatever song you want to play. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I can see it. You know, if somebody just wanted to kind of try it out or, or you know, and maybe this is good enough, right? If you're, um, you know, if you've got Apple devices around and you use Siri a lot, then um, I don't think this is a bad deal. Five bucks yeah. a month and unlimited music. Yeah, so if you're one of the people, if you're one of the people that's been waiting for this, uh, it theoretically will launch alongside the 15.2 release. So that's uh, coming up. I mean, I, I guess my question, and, and, you know, sorry, I didn't cue that up more effectively for you, Jimmy, because uh, no, no uh, worries. I just had to do a little quick reading. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to read the one that I'm supposed to queue up next. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. It was, it was my bad. I, the, the, um, it, it being an all Apple and Siri, uh, thing, I thought you might have more opinion of it. I guess my question really is if you're in the ecosystem like that, are there mm -hmm. people that are really going to want to have this kind of a setup or is the full the full shebang going to be what 99% of users want you know what i mean i think it will because you know the, i mean if you think about it right see on your i mean if you're in the apple ecosystem you're going to build your playlist and all that on your phone right and your mm -hmm. playlist can have you know 40,000 songs on it if you want it Right. And then all you got to do is just give the voice command and say, hey, play my playlist. Right. And yeah. Then, and then th there you go. And then you can say, play my playlist shuffled. You know, it'll just. It, it's I, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to lure away the the iPhone users that are currently paying for Spotify or using Spotify free mm -hmm. or okay. paying for full time Spotify. Because once you get them in, get get them in with that free taste, uh, that cheap taste, uh, mm -hmm. and then hopefully get them hooked for life uh, okay. on your system. I mean, my understanding was that like you wouldn't be able to create playlists with it though, because you can only use Siri. Yeah. So, no, so like the playlist side of it, on your phone you can create playlists, but I don't know if you can with this product. Right with the series with the five dollar version, I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can do that, right? So I think that that's why it's a question to me, because you basically well, give up so much Apple Music functionality. Well, okay, so let's say if you can't, right? So the one thing that Apple Music has, they have a lot of curated lists, right? Right. So, so you could be using so, those. 
So you could say, hey, play me the playlist, the, the metal uh, band playlist or, or the metal band station or something like that. Okay. It'll play all metal band music, right? Yeah. So or, probably, you know, probably country Western music or whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that that's a question that's hard to answer too, because it hasn't released yet. Right. All, all <laughs> they've really told us is that it's coming. So yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Amazing. Jimmy will try it out when it launches. I got the full blown Apple Music already, so um, uh, Jimmy's not willing to slum it for uh, listeners' uh, benefit. <laughs> Sorry, I got a, Sorry, guys. I got, a, I got a bundle, right? I, I got a <laughs> lot of services. I'd have to quit all my services so I could try out this you one. Can, you can always start a new profile, a new account. Yeah, I suppose I could. Uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try. Get make make your wife make your wife sign up for it. And, yeah. And you can always add her back to the family. I can't. I can't get her. She is in the family, but I can't get her to stop using uh, Pandora. Oh, there, there you go. I think she's the person that, because that's the it, that Pandora experience is what I understand this to be. It's just Pandora using uh, voice. So I think yeah. you just you just identified the target customer yeah. for this. Yeah. So. Well. All right. Uh, Verizon. Uh, Verizon might be collecting your browser data even if you uh, previously opted out. Uh, is anybody surprised? <laughs> I, I mean, anytime I opt out of stuff like that, I fully expect that the company is still doing it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's no. Yeah, this is no surprise at all. I mean, all they the just have a note that says. Clyde does not want us to write down the fact that he is doing this thing that we see him doing right now. Well, we noted that he doesn't want us to. Yeah. So therefore that statement isn't them tracking. It's them yeah. commenting that this thing that we should not be tracked. Are they, but are they still able to track the content you're searching for, or is it just your location? Well, it's, it's a matter of collecting, collecting it. I mean, they, they can, clearly see what you're doing um but if you opt out they're not allowed to collect because they collect the data to sell it to third parties and they're not and if you opt out they're not supposed to do that okay yeah. so then um, i guess you need a vpn even for your mobile phone yeah so but the, the whole point of this article is if you're a verizon user make sure you uh double check your privacy settings because even if you opted out it may have been uh turned back on confirmed that they all got turned back on yeah. as a verizon user um i am thoroughly disappointed in verizon for such customer non-centric non-customer centric behavior and um that's the kind of thing you would you. expect from at&t and i mean honestly as jimmy said you kind of expect it from everybody um definitely uh, I've had less issues with Verizon uh, even around these types of things than I did. Well, honestly, I didn't have this kind of issue with Verizon. Verizon, uh, AT&T, I mean, AT&T was just an absolutely horrible, awful company in, in total. But um, yeah, uh, I was opted out previously and I just logged into my experience app and they were all turned back on. 
So mm-hmm. shame on you, Verizon. So if you have these, if you have Verizon, check these and turn them back off for yourself. Uh, imagine if the echo, like if you're having a conversation with someone near your echo and you comment that something about Amazon listening and the echo responded, it's okay. I'm not listening. Do you just yeah. go, oh, okay, thanks. And, and the, you know, <laughs> Hey guys, Clearly you, you really don't need to worry about it too much because they don't sell your information. They just give it away free to all of the service providers that they work with. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we're, but they're we, only we, allowed. We, to, hey, we promised we wouldn't sell your data. We never yeah. said anything about giving it away or trading it for a popsicle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but don't worry again, those companies are only allowed to use it for, um, for the Verizon related purposes. Ooh, ooh, what if they, they only traded it for equal data from another provider? They like that cancels it out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's maybe, maybe it's a good time to buy a Verizon stock. Uh, if yeah. you're going to lose a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this is um, leave, leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. But honestly, that taste's been there um, for a while from all of the other companies screwing you over. So, all right, boo. And I'll, I'll mention in this is a thing that we've been covering for a couple of years now: the battle between Epic and Apple over the Pay Store or the the Apple Store. Um, so if you remember Epic won a judgment that would force Apple to accept third party payments on their, uh, devices that was supposed to go into effect, uh, here tomorrow, I think it is. Yeah. And apparently there was a 12th hour injunction, uh, from, a court that has basically paused that. So, um, yeah, Apple uh, is kind of temporarily able to continue not allowing third-party payment systems. Yeah, the I mean, saga continues. You know, I, I honestly I haven't dug into this enough to know. Um, you know, I have my opinions. Mm-hmm. But from a technical and legal perspective, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked into this enough to have a really good opinion on those. What I will say is that as a general rule, I find myself overly uh, disgusted at these types of legal suits because they often end up getting uh, evaluated by people that have no right to be evaluating technology related decisions like this. Um, Usually the people that are making the decisions know far too little about the technologies involved to be able to make a meaningful assessment of what is the right choice um, from a legal and from a consumer protection standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we shall see how this all works out. Like I said, I don't know that I have a really big opinion on it though. Yeah, my take on it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it from a legal standpoint either, really. But I know at least from a preference, my yeah, you know, my preference is to, you know, um, I mean, I'm an Apple user. 
Uh, I like the the fact of having the you know what people like to say the walled garden, right? Because I get a sense of of security, and at least the apps that I buy from there has gone through some sort of vetting process, right? To where uh, if it's yeah. the wild west and it's opened up to everything, well, right, that's then, and that's not that. what this was about. This was about the fact that approved apps are not allowed to collect money on their own, right? That's what it is. It, all money has to go through Apple. Yeah, you know. It, so like even PayPal, you 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 know, uh, would be a third party payment system. But okay, but would that third party force me to use their payment only? Could I also pay Apple if I wanted to? Um, you know, I mean, that's all. That would be I, up I to that. The, that, that would decided. be up to the third party. Yeah, I don't think that the that the case even decided that much. But I would expect that would be a, something that would be a decision that third party yeah. could, so I, I think could the, make. I think the unless, consumers should have that choice, not not the not these companies. See, and, I, that, I, and that's what the original. I think the original lawsuit or the original court finding was that they didn't that Apple's conduct didn't violate antitrust laws, but it did show that the same contact vi or conduct violated California's unfair competition law because apple was uh unfairly preventing competition um but and yeah i don't know uh, see i mean i i feel like it does like if you're gonna let them choose the payment provider then it seems like it would be reasonable for the app to choose to only use their payment system or only use Apple's. Um, but I think that what that ultimately tells you is that users want to be able to choose. Mm -hmm. So if you're an app builder, you probably want to build it so the user can choose. Yeah. Because that's what the user wants. Because you don't Not because want they, because you should though, because ultimately you build the app, you should be able to charge for that app, however you want, whether you yeah, give exactly. a cut to Apple or to just yourself. If if I were building an app, I want to make sure that people can pay me any way they want. As long as I'm getting paid, the easier it is, the less barrier to entry, the more people are going to use my app. Because there are things where I don't use it because there is a barrier it's only on Apple or you can only pay for it a certain way. And I say, eh, okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I am interested to see where this kind of goes because that original finding was setting a precedent was that was the thing that we've been waiting for. We needed a precedent set one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But then here in the final hours, it got, you know, there's an uh, injunction, uh, temp so it's temporarily yeah. paused. But Yeah. It's, it, it's an interesting challenge because uh, on, on one side, Apple completely dictating the, the payment options and stuff is, is very difficult from a profitability perspective for applications and does create some uh competition-based challenges and stuff however 
they are not the only solution, right? If they were the only phone manufacturer out there, it would be a true monopoly and it wouldn't be, uh, it would, yeah, it would probably be antitrust for them to do that. But there's other options. So it doesn't the, seem like it should be. And uh, the last line in this article brings up a point that I forgot. Apple was also demanding of the app developers that they could not outside of their app, talk to the customers about other options for paying. Right. That is one thing that this adjunction does not stop. Um, you know, Apple cannot prevent them from, uh, uh, Apple must allow communication with uh, users about alternative payment systems outside of the apps using user contact info acquired from within the app. So, yeah. Yeah, because Apple wanted to even prevent the end users from saying, hey, uh, you signed up with your Apple account, send you an email saying, you know what, if you sign up on Windows or in your browser as well, and you pay us there, it's a lot easier. Saves you 10% or something. And, and yeah, Apple was trying to stop that, uh, but the court said they can't, and that that stands. So, and also this delay does not mean that Apple will not have to make the change. It just means that the debate will continue yeah. uh, for the time being. Yeah. Um, it's a complicated issue. And, and, you know, to further complicate it, Apple makes an obscene amount of money from, <laughs> from that service, from that payment, uh, their cut of those payments. And if you take that away, what does that do to Apple as an organization? And subsequently to hundreds of thousands of Apple shareholders and, and the like. It's funny that you say that because I think part of this injunction is because Apple claims that uh, they are going to suffer irreparable harm by allowing, yeah. you know, they're, it's going to cut into their... Uh, cut into their I mean it's paycheck. it's a multi-billion dollar uh portion of their revenue yeah. it's it's monstrously huge so it would be it would be damaging I I don't disagree and as an Apple shareholder you know disclosure I'm an Apple shareholder I have a I have a vested interest in them not going out of business because of a of a stupid court decision right yeah and <laughs> and I will say I will say uh, I do understand that, yes, both Apple and Google do have similar policies around their uh, pay store or their app stores in regards to, you know, what they take in, in profits for, you know, the, but I will say the difference between the two platforms is on Android, you have the option of sideloading. You don't have to get it through this through the store you, yeah. you have the option on ios and yeah, not according to apple uh if you if I you were to be, break you, it you can jailbreak your phone yeah but that's also right. against the term the I difference is a violation that's violation a violation of, of the terms of service with the difference is with google or with the android it's built in it's a developer option you're right. just warned that hey we're not responsible if you do something stupid or you download right. something stupid so i mean yeah. essentially they're saying the same thing right but but it, you know 
I mean, you can if you want to strip away all the security off your phone and make it wide open. Hey, you 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 get the freedom to do it. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 difference is Google says, eh, "Go ahead." Uh, Apple is like, "No, you have to come through us. No ifs, ands, or buts, unless you want to like uh, be some sort of pirate." But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out. Uh, I, I, I expect it's, we'll be talking about this again this time next year. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, settled. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. So yeah. um, I guess we'll be talking about it in 2023. All right. Well, but what we should be talking about right now is uh, why we are here. Uh, that is because of our patrons, the people that support us month to month. Uh, and we appreciate every single one of them going into Christmas. Uh, I, I don't know. I was going to, I was going to make an analogy about presents, but we're not, we're not actually buying anyone presents and I don't want to set that false, uh, false expectations. So we will just settle and say, thank you. If you are a patron, you've been supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. And, uh, we hope that you continue. And if you are, uh, not a patron and you but you would like uh benefits like uh special access in the discord server or uh custom rss feeds to the audio podcast that comes in on a timely matter not four weeks late like uh or four weeks all in one day like you just got for the public stream uh dollar a month that that's literally the minimum requirement uh, from Patreon, not from us. We we would accept ten cents a month, but you can also uh, specify, you know, uh, do one dollar and limit it to one episode. That's okay. You become one of our favorite people. That's Patreon.com/slash The Vod Squad. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, let's get into some rants and some raves. Rants, raves. I've been waiting this whole show. What was it that you weren't getting, that you were saving, Mike? Oh, um, he doesn't even remember. I don't even remember. So, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I I finally have had some time to watch some shows, so I've okay. gotten caught up on a few things. Um, watched the uh, newest episode of The Wheel of Time, which came out last Friday after the show. Mm um a, a step in the right direction again so um starting to really appreciate the the show and enjoy it still obvious departures from the main from the books and not sure they're better choices but they are good choices at least from an entertainment perspective so um that's been good so far uh enjoying that and um, watched the first three episodes of Hawkeye, which are actually really pretty good. I've enjoyed them quite a bit. Um, and finally watched uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm -hmm. And I also really enjoyed that movie. Uh, it's mm -hmm. solid Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of movie. Um, pretty pretty awesome martial arts the fight choreography is really good um the the 
the lead, one of the lead actors is one of the, is like a, a mega star in Hong Kong. And mm -hmm. I can see why his, his martial arts and, and fighting is absolutely outstanding. Really fun to watch. So it was pretty good. Was his first name Bruce? He was not Bruce. Oh. <laughs> it, it wasn't uh, Bruce Campbell? No, not Bruce <laughs> oh. Campbell. All right. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I'd, I'm looking, you know, I, I had my eye on Hawkeye as well. And uh, I'm glad you like this uh, Shang-Chi yeah. as well. But uh, I, I'm, I, I was thinking about that one or saw it advertised at least anyway. Okay. All right. What about uh, what about you, Jimmy? So um, I don't think it's no surprise to anybody that I'm a Beatles fan. And yeah, wait, uh, what? So, <laughs> So I sat down this weekend and watched the uh, Get Back documentary. Um, okay, three, real, real quick before you get started, can I ask you, <laughs> what exactly did they get back? Did they lose something? <laughs> Was it like a crime documentary? Like, <laughs> uh, Get Back, you know, it's a Beatles song. Were they, oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know if they got, like, they went on a, they went on a trip and like got abandoned stranded on an island for like a while and then then <laughs> they they finally got back yeah they yeah they they get back uh, okay but um so yeah uh watch the uh it's three parts uh and each part is over two hours long right i think it's maybe about eight hours total of content is, is what it is so um so be prepared to to do that and the whole documentary this is back when they were doing the uh, let it be album um is what they were doing and and the beatles at this point um they were in the twilight of their career um you know they were they actually were looking like a good place to just kind of end things and go their own separate ways and that, that's kind of what this was going to be and they had done a deal or you know to do some sort of live performance as well and um they had a, they were tossing around a lot of ideas right and, they, and you learn a lot about this in the um in the documentary and um and it, you know but some of the parts in the documentary that i really kind of enjoyed and found interesting right um there was one uh scene there where uh paul mccartney is there trying to uh, you know, he's, he's got parts of the song that he's sitting there with a the guitar trying to figure it out. Uh, and he was doing the, the, uh, the lyrics to uh, get back, right? Trying to, you know, finish the lyrics, right? Now, because at that point, it, he hadn't done this yet. He was in the process. So you get to see part of that process. Also, too, very similar. Uh, later, I think it was in part two, I believe it was. But um, you know, at, at this point, even Ringo Starr was starting starting to write content, and uh, he had uh, started um, uh, in an octopus's garden, right, which was a Ringo Starr song, and uh, he he had parts of it there. Uh, I didn't realize just how much piano Ringo Starr could play, but he's actually a pretty good pianist, right? I I, I kind of learned that in the documentary. I, I knew that he played. But I didn't realize just how good he was. He was actually pretty good. Um, but uh, but so Ringo was there playing it, and George Harrison was listening to him. 
And George Harrison steps over and helps him with an octopus's garden, right? You know, helping him with the lyrics, helping him with, you know, finishing the, uh, the music. Um, also too, I, I found it interesting that um, if you're familiar with the song, um, uh, Let It Be, right? Yeah, which is a Paul McCartney song. That's, that's Paul McCartney sings the song, Let It Be. Well, in this documentary, you get to see John Lennon while they're in this in studio, he just all of a sudden just starts off with singing "Let It Be." He's playing it, and he he himself, you know, John Lennon is singing that song. And then you see the inverse of that: um, uh, "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds," which is a John Lennon song. John Lennon sings the uh, the lead vocals on that song. Paul McCartney was singing "Lucy in the Sky with, with Diamonds," right? Um, other things you, you'll get, you know, if you don't know much about the band, right? Um, uh, George Harrison was basically the lead guitarist. Um, John Lennon was the rhythm guitar. Mm -hmm. Paul McCartney was the bass guitar. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, Ringo was a drummer, right? Well, in, um, in some of the songs, like in the, in the song, um, um, a long and winding road, right? Uh, you know, uh, Paul McCartney's playing the piano, right? And so John Lennon would go over and grab a right-handed bass guitar and would play the bass, you know, in that song, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you get to see all these kind of things that they do to produce, you know, produce these songs. And yeah. And, and then at the end, right, you, you get to see the you know, I, I, I guess I'm not spoiling anything, right? Everybody knows the history, right? But, you know, at the end, you get to see the rooftop concert, right? And all, and, and how that goes. You know, the police actually coming up and, and like, you know, threatening to unplug their amps, right? And all, all this kind of thing. So they copied the Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons did it. But uh, but if you're if you're a Beatles fan, must watch right. But I will warn you, you know, it's a it's a long thing to sit through it. Maybe you don't want to be crazy like I did and sit through. Yeah, I've a heard you have straight. to. I've heard you have to be kind of into it enough to forgive the fact that it's mostly found footage. It's not mm. a properly recorded, um, intended for broadcast, which Hello. doesn't appeal to a lot of people. Or, or, Although they, they they scaled up the fidelity and I, and I have to say the scale up would look really nice even on the 4k television it, it, it looked really good so it, it was uh they did a good job there and there were some uh you know other interesting parts i mean there were arguments between george and paul um what? and then paul and then paul uh, you, you didn't see it on video, right? But you got the audio. Somebody took a tape recorder and got the audio of it, of uh, John and Paul having some words there. Like, hey, you know, because um, during this documentary, George Harrison actually leaves the band, says, hey, I'm out. I'm, I'm out of the band. And it was just the three of them. And then they had to go back to George and talk him into coming back. And um, wait, you're, you're telling me that four guys that have spent like the last five or six years together constantly mm -hmm. couldn't stand each other. Yeah, pretty much. No. <laughs> uh, and, you know, even, um, 
uh, I mean, everybody, if, if you know the Beatles, I mean, their manager died an early death, died at age 32. Um, and that was, uh, I think, just before the White album, if I remember, or right after the Revolver album, maybe, is when it was, when he passed away. Anyway, um, and uh, even um, Paul McCartney kind of alluded to it in the documentaries, like, you know, hey, you know, it's, it made a comment about, you know, Brian Epstein not being there anymore and um, not having that authoritative figure there to kind of lead the way for them, right? Let, let me just yeah. say for the record, Brian Epstein did not kill himself. No, he did not. <laughs> no, he, he, he died a strange death. Just, uh, I think he died in his sleep. Yeah, so did the other Epstein. Huh. Okay. And maybe it runs in that family. Strange deaths. Um, not sure I know who you're talking about. Is it the same family? Or know. just the same, last name. same name. They have to be related somehow. I, He's talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, we'll talk about that. Oh, <laughs> okay. don't know who that is. <laughs> Jimmy's the only person on the planet that. Uh, but okay, rock on. But so you recommend it? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Beatles fan, then yeah, it, it's it's a no-brainer. If you're a Beatles fan, if you're not a Beatles fan, he still recommends it. Maybe you'll oh, become uh, um, a Beatles fan. I, I would, but you know, you you'd have to. I mean, if you absolutely hate the Beatles music, then yeah, you're probably not going to like it. Well, maybe they should hate watch it. And, and then they could be like, see, that's exactly why I don't like the Beatles. Get off my back. Okay. Get back. And you, and you get to hear them cuss, right? They, you know, they, they drop some F-bombs and that kind of thing. So. I always thought they were clean cut. Like, never mind. And you get to hear Yoko Ono make some strange noises yeah, oh oh well, that, that's that's well documented oh there, there was one part i'll tell you this a little bit too so they um so paul mccartney's daughter right his adopted daughter you know because linda had a daughter when they uh, got mm -hmm. married and so his adopted uh daughter heather right was and she was very young she was only like maybe five or maybe six years old something like that and so there was one day when they came in there and Yoko Ono was making that weird noise that you heard if you've ever heard her sing that's kind of what she does she makes this weird she calls almost, it singing almost we like animal type it, 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 yes it sounds like a dolphin trying to sing or something like that right but uh but anyway she was making this weird noise right and you know Paul McCartney's daughter, Heather, is like just looking at her right? when she's making this noise. And then later in the same episode, uh, the daughter goes over there and is like making the, almost a, a similar type noise, like Yoko, <laughs> like she was mocking her, so to speak, right? So uh, I thought that was kind of funny. All right. Well, rock on. Um, so originally, I was going to talk about the fact that I saw that new Ghostbusters movie. Oh. And I got to say, they did a good job. Oh. They did a good job pulling back the franchise from the damage that was done in 2016. Um, it had some nostalgia, but not too much. Hmm. Okay. So if you're a fan, I, I recommend it. They, they did a good job. How'd you watch um, 
uh, I was dragged to a theater. Oh, okay. but it wasn't an Alamo this time and actually was a little bit better. Cause that, well, partly cause I didn't have to drive an hour to get there. Um, and then an hour home and it was, that was the night it started snowing and it was, would have been a nightmare getting home. Is that available um, streaming? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's yet. theaters only. Um, right. But I don't think it is a movie that needs to be seen in the theater. There wasn't really anything about it that screamed. It, it wasn't like when I saw The Meg, and I'm so glad I saw it in Limax because it was so dumb on such a grand scale that Limax was perfect. Um, but when you were talking earlier, you reminded me what I really need to talk about is I finally made it, it took three tries, but I finally made it through the first episode of wide open throttle or wheel of time. <laughs> yeah. And after you get through that first episode, show's not bad. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know anything about it. So I don't have any preconceived notions of whether things are right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I will say it's still, I, I'm up to episode five. I don't know. I don't think I've watched five yet. Um, so I don't hate it. I think there's potential to like it, but I'll probably continue watching it at this point because the stuff's actually happening. Cool. Yeah. That first episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad to hear that you got through it. Um, you know, episode five is the most recent out. So you'll, I, I think, I think, like I said, as it's continued through, it's kind of cemented itself and, and become a little bit more consistent and really a better and better okay. show. Here's the so. thing that, here's the thing that's driving me crazy though. Um, later, in like episode i think three we get introduced to that red lady oh yeah okay when i see the main lady and the red lady together i realize the ridiculous thing about that show is they force the black-haired lady to dye her hair blonde and the blonde <laughs> lady to dye her hair black <laughs> you should have just switched the casting well, yeah, so you've got Leandrin as the red lady. And yeah, uh, it, the the, hair that, actress, quite... that actress has dark hair in, in real life. Yeah, and... I don't know her, but I do agree that she, um, she it looks a little weird with the blonde hair for her. It just doesn't seem. And natural. also, no, it's something about it's and I, it was bugging me for a long time. And then I finally figured it out. I it's the shape of her head. It's she looks like a Roblox character because of the way they have her hair and the makeup. It really accentuates the squareness. Yeah. And like, because uh, you see other pictures of her and I don't see that. It's something that they did in that show just makes her head look really weird. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I don't know if it's the cut, the style of the hair or what. It, it's, it's yeah. And and the color of it. It, it, it does look weird. I think she looks strikingly odd every time she's on exactly and, <laughs> and i feel uh, bad for her because she's a very good looking woman uh when i see other pictures of her with a normal proportioned head yeah so i don't know is it like a prosthetic like Klingon esque 
uh, <laughs> in the like jaws to make like you know I, I, I don't I think that they intentionally do her makeup to make her look more harsh yeah and unyielding and maybe even a little tinged yeah. in uh, it, uh if you're if you're not familiar with roblox i think that's what i'm thinking of uh, <laughs> i think they have square heads um, yeah she looks like kind of like if a roblox and lego person had a baby um mm. but uh yeah, yeah she, i'm she looks funny rose i think rosamund pike pulls off the the dark brown hair oh she does but i i'm just saying you've got a lady that's naturally blonde and a lady that's naturally dark haired why do they both have to switch <laughs> just switch their roles because i could see rosamund pike as the as the bristly red lady yeah but um she plays moraine who has a much yeah. larger part of the series so yeah, yeah yeah she's the she's i know the she wouldn't on the she cast. wouldn't want to trade roles <laughs> yeah um the other lady wouldn't mind though i'm sure yeah <laughs> i can uh, i can be one of the leads sure i'll take that <laughs> So well, that that's all I have to say. Um, I'll continue watching cool. it. Uh, yeah. Well, everybody else out there, you should continue watching us. We're here every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central on the YouTubes. Uh, if you want to listen to us rather than watch, you can do that. Uh, podcast is available anytime and anywhere that podcasts are available. If uh, you don't want to have to wait four weeks for four episodes to all come out at once there's an easy solution become a patron and you will get it almost immediately uh within a couple hours uh because we end the show i have to edit it and post it and, but it is done uh every week um yeah also if you want to reach out to us you can find us uh on uh the social medias we're at the vod squad on twitter uh the vod squad at gmail.com you know basically just put the vod squad into google and they'll find something um but other than that i don't have anything else so i guess let's shut this down thanks everybody we will see you in the post show or next week if you're not here for the post show bye bye the diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>